0: Raiding the Kingdom is back in town, and we have a very special guest for you today, KSHB41, Kansas City's sports news or sports anchor. We have Aaron Ladd, also a contributor on uh, Arrowhead Pride. I am outnumbered for the first time ever. Two Chiefs versus one Raider, even though Aaron, I think, is a Falcons fan underneath it all. I am. You found yeah. my true colors deep. gotcha. That, that, that's good research right there. <laughs> a little uh, bit. A little yeah. Bit.
1: <laughs> you guys do you guys do the work here on Rating of the Kingdom. I appreciate that.
0: Just a little bit. But um, you know, this is your guys' show. I'm just gonna suffer in silence and listen to how great your off season was and uh how the AFC West is in absolute war zone. So uh, coach, take it away, you and Aaron get get after it.
2: Okay, so yeah, obviously that that Falcon information is is I, I knew that before, so I'm gonna act like I don't know that. But uh, Chiefs are definitely your second team, right? Like it's like a one A one B thing, right?
1: You know, as a, a professional media member, I try to stay obje- as objective, objective as possible. But <laughs> I, I spend you. more time with the Chiefs than than the Falcons. I grew up outside Atlanta, so that's where the loyalties lie for that reason. But as far as workload and and following, I mean, I follow. The Chiefs and my own fantasy team way more than, than, than I do the, the Falcons, Falcons at this point. With yeah. well, the
2: last couple of years, I, I can't completely blame you on that. Um and I, I won't say anything about Mizzou and their football team or anything like that. We'll get we'll get we'll get into I'm a UConn fan, so I literally can't say anything about that. So we'll have we're, no
1: room to talk I have whatsoever. Absolutely no, no room. room
2: to talk. We'll I have no room to talk. But uh so about the Chiefs, man. Um I, I was talking to Brendan about this earlier and how Patrick Mahomes and just what he's brought to Kansas City and to the Chiefs, and uh, I don't want to necessarily say he's changed the culture, but you feel like with uh with fans of NFL teams, they they follow the team itself. You know, like when players move, like in the NBA, like oh, I'm going to follow LeBron James. He was at Cleveland. I like Miami. He was in, you know, now he's in LA. So pe- people follow follow them. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes is just like? Maybe like reignited Chiefs fans, or he's just brought a whole new a whole new batch of them to Kansas City, and that they're going to be following the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think very generally, Patrick Mahomes, and really want to say again, thanks for having me on. Y'all didn't have to do this. I appreciate this. This is going to be really fun. Uh, I think very generally, Patrick Mahomes has helped transform Kansas City in the modern day uh, into an international brand. You talked about people following players, as far as the NBA is concerned. Uh, now, internationally, uh, nationally and internationally, people can identify the Chiefs by one player and, and two numbers, one, five, 15. Uh, he, helped, ha- he has helped to raise the standard as well, uh, talking with Chiefs fans, and, and I've been covering the team for uh, a little bit over two years now. I got here right after the Super Bowl win, as the confetti was falling and, and COVID was was running rampant, insert me. So blame me for all the troubles uh with the Chiefs in the pandemic, if you will. But the Chiefs Kingdom has raised their expectations. I mean the, the, the standard is no longer winning the AFC West, which they've done six years in a row now. The standard is no longer <laughs> the standard is no longer going uh, just going to the AFC title game. It's hosting an AFC title game, which they've done four years. Uh, in a row now. it uh, The standard has been raised and you can point it all back to number 15, uh, but you could also even even more so point it back to the mending of what we always see in, in pro sports and especially the NFL is the coach, the quarterback in the front office. Kansas City has that right right now. And I think um, when you're talking about championship culture and championship windows, uh, it takes a winning organization at those three levels to get it right. And right now, Kansas City has all three of those parts working in sync and coordination.
2: 100 I could I couldn't agree more. You know, Andy Reid what he's meant to Kansas City and what, you know, what Brett Veach has come in and done has been unbelievable. Um and obviously, you know, the anchor of that is is Patrick Mahomes and he's it's it's amazing um what he's done for this team and what he's going to continue to do. So I 100% agree. Um Wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Chiefs' offseason. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts? Like, what's your favorite move that they've done? Is as, as far as what you know, bringing in Juju MVS. What do you What do you like the best that they've done there?
1: What What an off season it has been for Kansas City. I mean, we, we got to talk with the atomic bomb that was the Tyreek Hill trade. Uh, and, and I think we're still feeling the ripple effects from that. I don't know if there's been another podcast release where we can give some more information on this podcast about a different podcast and what Tyreek Hill thought about his time in Kansas city, yada, 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 that offseason move specifically specifically. Uh, you have to look at all the moves through the vacuum of that move, right? Uh, I think Kansas city's wide receiver room is more dynamic this year than it was last year. And, and they haven't played a game yet, let alone showed up for training camp yet. So I still have plenty of room to look like an idiot on that one, but just purely on paper, I think they are more balanced uh, from a wide receiver room perspective. Um, And and as far as also how last year ended, uh, the second half of last year's AFC title game, Patrick Mahomes recently said it was the worst half of football, not only playoff football, but football of his career. And I mean, you got to agree with him on that one, the 1.9 quarterback rating. And then when you think about that on the backs of the 13 seconds and what all that meant to Chiefs Kingdom, uh, it was a supreme letdown. Uh, I I think a lot of the players would probably shug it off and say, hey, we're not motivated by that. But uh, reading through the lines a little bit, I think this team realizes just how close they were in that situation uh, and that those situations don't come around very often. You have to take advantage of situations like that when you have them. And we talked about hosting four straight AFC title games Uh, That was a situation where we felt like the Chiefs were the more talented team and playing like the better team through two quarters and just kind of let it slip away Uh, offseason wise. I still think their work is not done exactly just yet, but it's going to be interesting to see uh, these first couple weeks and how they mend their their rookie talent through the draft with a lot of their older and veteran talent that still exists on the team.
2: Agreed, agreed. Yeah, no, it was uh that was actually gonna nope, be one of my we'll questions to you minute, on the Tyreek uh, situation. No, so I, and I think oh, with Tyreek it, right. it was um I think it came down to him obviously wanting more money. Um and
0: God yeah, he made that clear.
1: The money thing, and that's all that was. I think I you uh, we're getting a lot of uh, of chatter outside about playing time and his his role in the offense and a lot of that thing. Point blank, Tyreek Hill wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league, and the Chiefs couldn't afford to make that contract.
0: Yeah, he's having some technical issues. You keep going, Aaron. You're good. I mean,
1: yeah, it, 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 I, I don't read into it a little bit more than yeah, – then Tyreek wanting a new deal and and getting a new deal elsewhere. Uh, The chiefs have often told uh, reporters in the media that, Hey, you know, change is inevitable in this league. Like we all know. I mean, uh, especially when you have a quarterback as dynamic as Patrick Mahomes is the rest of the parts, I don't want to say are interchangeable, but they are going to be in a salary cap sport. Um, Tyreek Hill. I don't, I I don't understate his role in the offense because we know how dynamic they were with him. And I'm sure as a Raiders fan, you you were you weren't too too upset to see him go but uh i i i I, kind of trust andy Reid on this one i think he has a track record at this point to where like you know we can give him the benefit of the doubt when they make a move like this that they have a plan to to be able to do things uh kind of similarly once
0: one of the main points that eric and i always talk about is that um so you see the loss of Tyreek Hill and he's jettisoned out to, to the Dolphins and people aren't exactly, um, they're not writing the Chiefs off, but you see, you know, one of our former co-hosts was a Green Bay Packers fan and Aaron Rodgers is completely being ruled out of NFC North contention and granted the wide receiver rooms are a little bit different, but you still had the loss of a true number one. You see a difference in the two receiving rooms. I know you don't cover the Packers, but you know they went with Christian Watson. They went with uh, Romeo Dubs, and you guys kind of seem to stack a little bit more heavy on the uh, free agent free agent option um, than anything else.
1: Yeah, I don't. I would have to look at the, the the Packers wide receiver room on paper right now, but I know Kansas City made an emphasis to get bigger, and, and that wasn't a slight at Tyree Kill and what he was able to do because. His speed was so dynamic to what they did and and taking the top off the offense. And we know once they weren't able to do that, how limited the offense was, not only in the Super Bowl that they lost against Tampa, but also to start off this most recent campaign, kind of starting two and three and seeing a lot of the high, too high safety and zone and shell coverages and a lot of things that limited them off. Uh, I think their, their attention this year as far as rebuilding the wide receiver room was to get taller, MVS, taller receiver, Juju, big body possession receiver who kind of plays in the inside. McCole Hardman is a a smaller body guy compared to them, but he's still got the frame that you like of the speed as well as that offense is concerned. And I know I know Travis Kelsey isn't a wide receiver, but when we're talking about specifically pass catchers, uh, you can't underrate his role in in what they do offensively as well. So, yeah, he's not labeled a wide receiver, but big body and and checks the box on what they want to do on the offense. He does both of those. He's gonna I, I expect no slowdown from him. He hasn't showed us any any uh any sign of that. I know we're we're getting to a point where Raiders fans and other fans of the division are like, how is this guy still doing this? But uh he fits right in with, with how they rebuilt the room. And even in the videos that and I, I hate buying into Twitter stuff and and stuff like that, but the Chiefs put out a video of him and Juju kind of you know, talking and working and doing exactly what you want to do in this offseason, and getting on the same page and building that chemistry. I think him and his knowledge of the offense is going to be invaluable to a lot of those new pieces in the wide receiver room.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I, you, they're coming from such a, and then with, with, I'm getting lost in the sauce because it's upset me that your receiving room is still going to be so freaking competitive. And I feel like Juju's going to have a resurgence. I feel like Sky Moore is, has a good chance for, you know, offensive rookie of the year. Um, but Mahomes is going to be able to lead them through that with his big arm, with his accuracy. We don't have to talk about accuracy of the other QB. Um, that's a whole other thing. But, um, yeah, so I, I just have a, even though Aaron Rodgers is the go and everything like that, he has a different history with rookie receivers than kind of what we see with what Mahomes can get done. So, um, I, I don't know. That's, that's just a big concern for me right now, but you know, we'll see how that goes.
1: And it's going to take time. I, 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 I'm telling Chiefs fans through this entire offseason and through training camp, like, let's be patient with what this is. It's truly an experiment. Uh, It's an experiment where we can kind of see on paper what the vision is. But that doesn't mean that it's not there's not going to be some growing pains associated with uh, this pass catching core and getting on the same page with your quarterback, especially a quarterback like Mahomes, where. We know he likes to move around. We know he likes to improv. We know he likes to do things on the fly. Uh, the, the biggest play of last year in the in, in the playoffs that go route to Travis Kelsey in the AFC divisional round against Buffalo, that wasn't drawn up. That's them working and playing with each other for so long that uh, they kind of figure out something a little playground style. That's going to take some time with these new guys, and uh, it, if it works, uh, of course, Andy Reid looks like a genius, but uh, I think it, I think we could expect some growing pains as well, especially with young players.
0: Definitely. And, uh, I think Eric had his, Eric, who was that that you had for your breakout player? For my, while from, we're the I, my breakout
2: player. Yeah. Sorry about the disappearance there for a second. My internet connection, of course, would be bad today. The one day we really need it to be good. But, uh, what are your thoughts on Josh Gordon? um, you know, I've really always been a fan of Josh Gordon. You know, he had that all-pro years, like, rookie year, like, it was, it was 2014. Um, but uh, it seems like he's maybe on the fringe of even making this team as a six-wide receiver between, you know, him, Justin Ross. Um, what are your thoughts on Josh Gordon? Because I've always feel like his he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. He's got elite-level talent. Um, and, you know, Andy Reid has a good track record of kind of fixing guys – and getting him on the straight and narrow, and you know, it, he smoked weed. Obviously, it's against it was against NFL policy, but he, he
0: it no longer is. It no though. longer is right. So um, <laughs> we have a past. <laughs> a lot
2: of I think you know people say he could have potentially had a Hall of Fame career. He's probably got relatively close to Hall of Fame talent. Um, but do you think that for a that he makes this team, and do you think he can be a difference maker? Because there's been a lot of hype.
1: Man, it, this is going to be the most interesting position battle, in my opinion, to follow as we kind of enter into this training camp, St. Joe period. How many wide receivers are the Chiefs going to keep, and which ones are going to be on the cut line? Because they have looking at their looking at their wide receiver core right now, and this is as a recording on June twenty third. They have about seven guys that probably could make the team. Brett Veach talked with reporters. I want to say after the draft. Was asked about Sky Moore, was asked about how he saw the wide receiver room, and he mentioned five or six guys, which, you know, GMs, they don't just say stuff. Every time they say something is meaningful. And I thought that was interesting. I think a lot of the Chiefs press court thought it was going to be six, seven. It's interesting that he sees it as more five-six. And right now, I probably would have Josh Gordon making the team if, and that's without seeing any training camp reps. I think Kansas City is invested in making him. A part of this offense. And we saw that last year. There really wasn't much from Josh Gordon in this offense since he got added. I want to say he got added around week eight, week nine. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere midseason, maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, and he didn't dress the last couple of weeks. He, he He gave you one touchdown in the regular season. They kind of fed him right at the goal line. Uh, Looks like a guy that was still trying to get his legs underneath him. Looked like a guy who hadn't played professional football in a very long time. But Kansas City stuck by him. Andy Reid said, hey, he still needs to learn the playbook, but he's close. He's still trying to get back in shape, but he's close. And they're still dressing him, and they're, they brought him back on the practice squad this year for a reason. I think this is a guy that they see, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, big body, big frame, kind of fits in that mold that they want to rebuild this wide receiver room in but he's not going to be handed a spot. There's guys at that, that six, seven cut line. I think of a Dory's fountain who contributes on uh special teams. I think of a, uh, a Cornell Powell who was a guy out of Clemson last year that they drafted and didn't make the roster had to spend another year on the practice squad. He's going to come back hungry and wanting his opportunity this year. Uh, as of right now, I think Josh Gordon makes it, but man, that, that five, six, seven range, as far as wide receivers sky Moore in there as well. Uh, I think he's going to make it obviously, but it's gonna be really fun to watch what their wide receivers do at camp.
2: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's obviously a great position to be in that you have that much talent at the wide receiver position and it's not like guys are just slotted in. It's gonna be a battle and you're gonna get guys that wanna obviously wanna be there, that wanna make the team, that are gonna be hungry for playing time and and uh and stats. So that's that's one thing that is, is definitely good. Um now as far as I know the, the draft obviously happened a couple months ago. Um, was there one person that you or maybe more than one guy that you really liked that the Chiefs got. Um a guy a guy for myself was Leo Chanel, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Um he just I was telling him, he kind of reminds you of of an enemy of the Chiefs, Bill Romanowski, right? He played on the Broncos, he played on the Raiders. Oh, Raiders was,
0: legend. Right. Wonderful. Guy
2: guys that we don't really like, but he seems like he has that same sort of attitude, um, and maybe somewhat similar skill set. Is there a guy that they drafted that you're super excited about? Because I think the Chiefs, you know, pretty much every draft expert at least gave them a B plus, A minus. Uh, I thought their draft was incredible um, and definitely took advantage of the Tyreek trade. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think Brett Veach did a really good job of being patient. Uh, you guys mentioned Darrowhead had Pride. I do have a podcast with them uh, as well. I'm going to shamelessly plug here. We do Twitter spaces every you Thursday. Deserve it, Aaron. Away. We uh, we did a show right after the the NFL draft. I was actually in Vegas for round one. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I thought Brett Beach did a really good job of being patient and, and using those picks to his advantage. Uh, I'm going to go off the grid because I could easily say one of the two first rounders. I thought both of those guys will come in and contribute right away and Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis. But I really think Isaiah Pacheco is a guy to watch. He's the running back out of Rutgers. And if you talk to anybody who covered Rutgers at all last year, he'll say they'll say he was their best player far and away, head and shoulders above the rest, and the reason why they were <laughs> as good of a team as they were. Uh, This is a guy that enters with a chip on his shoulder, and I know a lot of these guys have a chip on their shoulder, but uh, he thought he was going to be a fourth or fifth round guy. He ends up going in the seventh round, comes to a great situation, and a situation where there's competition in that room. The Chiefs just brought back Jarek McKinnon to add to Ronald Jones, who comes over from Tampa Bay. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is coming into a year where he needs to show uh, not only Chiefs Kingdom, but also uh, the staff that he can bounce back from kind of an injury-shortened season last year. Uh, I think Pacheco fits in as kind of that Derek Gore type type role. Andy Reid, guy who loves ice cream, has said he likes a lot of different flavors at running back. Isaiah Pacheco (laughs) gives him another different flavor that he can interchange there. Shorter, shiftier guy who can move around a little bit. It's going to be competitive, so he's going to have to have a good camp. I also like Darian Kennard out of Kentucky as somebody who can come in and contribute right away and try and get a job. Um, But they did such a good job of, of, of getting value. I think they stayed back. I think the only move they really moved up for would they move up for McDuffie yeah. um and and moved up and got him who who's another guy that we think can can go in and contribute week 1 uh but if I had to do a pick to click or or somebody I really liked it's uh it's Pacheco.
2: Yeah, good.
0: It's kind of like you read our minds. Yeah, it's yeah. uh cuz we were talking about Rojo Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I like the Rojo signing big time. One of my buddies is a Chiefs fan. I got him a signed Clyde Edwards Hilaire mini helmet and he hates it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he's going to do with it, probably throw it in the trash, but Eric literally was going to feed you a question about, about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's been raving about Pacheco. Yeah, so.
2: you know, I, I said the same thing. It's just like, it's crazy what Veach has done when you have like, you know, you pick Dre Smith starting guard for the next 10 years in the sixth round, and then you get Pacheco, who I've been trying to figure out how to actually say his name. So I appreciate you actually g- giving me a lesson on that.
1: It's like. A- He's like a hockey player. Somebody told me he's like a hockey player. It's project. You would never expect that, but yeah,
2: a hundred, percent. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was dominant in the big 10 and dominant for Rutgers. So obviously a, a huge, a huge, a huge draft pick for them and, and potentially in the seventh round, it's you're, you know, I think at that point it's, if they, if they hit great, if they don't, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You're not wasting a first round pick. Um, so back on the Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, talked about that briefly. Uh, obviously a big year for him. The expectations when he was drafted were, were pretty high. Um, he's two years into his NFL career. Year three is kind of like, a, I think, a big year, you know, going into year four. you got the fifth-year option, this and that. And with Tyreek gone and how, you know, Andy Reid has his offense, you know, a, a running back that can catch the ball in the backfield is huge. Do you think this is the year that he he breaks out and has, you know, kind of lives up to his first-round billing?
1: And I, I, I know there's Chiefs fans listening to this, so I wanna, I wanna get on the same level with y'all with this. When I understand, I understand the frustration, and I'm, I'm sure Clyde understands the frustration as well. These guys hear things, these guys understand. I mean, uh, I had a chance to talk with Jack Collinsworth of NBC Sports last year. He was in town, I think, for the Wild Card game, and I, I just wanted his read on Clyde because it seems like. If Clyde walks out on the streets here in KC, he may not make it back home with all his clothes. I mean, there's going <laughs> to be a pitchfork and, a, and an angry mob everywhere he goes. I think a lot of that is relative to where he was drafted. I understand when you get a guy in the first round, you expect Brian Westbrook numbers. You expect Ezekiel, num- Ezekiel Elliott numbers in the first year. And he really hasn't given us that, especially considering what team he was on in college and how successful that team was. And how they used him. Right. The the promise was when he got to Casey, he'd be a, a critical role in the passing game and he'd be able to, uh, you know, stretch the backfield and move the linebackers out. And he'd be able to use some of that shiftiness and ability one on one against linebackers. And we really haven't seen that very much. I know we saw that right out the gate against Houston in his debut game. And really, it's been kind of limited since then. I don't know if it was a down year last year for Clyde or if he just got hurt, man. These guys are playing a lot of games. The Chiefs have played the most football of any team over the last five seasons. If you include postseason ball, uh, it, it, he's got to stay healthy. I'm not shooting him any bail past that. If Clyde stays healthy, it's at best going to be a, a, a running back by committee. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, we just know that because that's how Andy likes to use his running backs. That's how the system is used. And it's probably the smart way to do it when you've added an extra game to the NFL season now and you're expecting these guys to play deep into the year. Uh, use them like a rotation in baseball. Clyde comes in every once in a while. Ronald Jones starts a couple games last year. I thought Daryl Williams was extremely effective in mop up duty 90%. last year. Oh, I won't even have. I won't even call us. It. Oh my! God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even through the past game too. I keep thinking of him. Was that Arnett that he mossed? Yeah, uh, that near was, uh, the? Uh... That, was John-
0: that was Jonathan Aaron, the strong. Jonathan Aaron. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. that was one of the coldest pictures of the Chiefs season
0: last year. I pointed him to. Hell. <laughs> oh my god. If I, yeah. I think
1: Chiefs fans want to see that. When the backup comes in and does that, then that the frustration yep. just mounts and mounts. But oh yeah, we got to just allow this guy to be a young player. It's third year. Of yeah, he's only 23. I, I'm with Chiefs fans. Yeah, I'm with Chiefs fans on, on the frustrations. But let's reel them in a little bit and understand that it's going to be more of a rotational style than like a workhorse back type of
0: mm-hmm. thing. When you've got Jarek Jerick, Jerick McKinnon in there who – was excellent in the postseason last year. I was surprised they didn't bring him back. And then here he shows up. I think they signed him a week, a week or two ago to a one year deal. Yeah, great and he value. was great.
2: Great value. And, and I know, I know we're kind of getting short on time here, Aaron. So I want to just ask you, you know, and this is just, what is your prediction on the chiefs season, this upcoming season? Um, And is there something that
0: Aaron led official prediction <laughs> record for the season? <laughs>
1: Uh, I think I tweeted out after the the schedule came out, eleven and six. That that's seventeen games, mm-hmm. right? That that, is, that, that, that does is. the math. That, it's weird. I'm still trying to adjust to the to the extra game being it on there. With it's you for it's sure. so weird, but it really comes down for me as far as predicting their their schedule this year. It's the first eight games, and it's the first nine weeks of the season since they have that that uh week eight bye. um. The the first eight games for Kansas City all against teams who had winning records last season. I think it's the first time in NFL history, and and Adam Schefter tweeted that out. Fact check me on that one. The that first team, first time in NFL history, a team plays all teams who were above 500 the the year before to open the season. If they can go through that and and sit at five and three. Even four and four, I'm, I'm feeling great about what Kansas City does the rest of the way. And it's all based off what they did, did last <laughs> yeah. year. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they stumbled out of the gate, especially specific to this defense. And I would love to see them add another pass rusher before camp. It's going to take a while to get everybody on the same page. I mean, you've got a D end and a, and a rookie corner that will probably be starting week one. And we know these defenses start statistically pretty slow under Steve Spagnuolo. The safety room is another thing that has been under construction this off season. No more Tyron Matthew. I can't believe we've gone this long without saying his name, Uh, but he's no longer a member of the Kansas city chiefs. You got Juan Thornhill coming in with a bigger role. You got Willie Gay and Nick Bolton coming in with bigger roles as young players as well. It would not surprise me at all as in those first eight, maybe they are a three and four, like we saw last year or, or a four and four or something like that. Uh, I do expect him to contend for the division. Once again, uh, maybe this is the year that the Broncos finally end that nasty streak. I think that the rest of the division has gotten better. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I'd, you'd be an idiot to look around and say that uh, the rest of the teams haven't gotten stronger. Uh, but I think Kansas City is, is a tried and true champion. They they remind me of kind of golden state in the NBA. They, they always hear the chatter. Uh, they're always kind of in the mix. Uh, and, and they'll be there towards the end of the year. I expect them to be eleven and six.
2: I, I think I was I was similar in that. I think I might have, might have gone like twelve and five. Um, in my prediction,
0: you were twelve, yeah, 12 and five. And five.
2: Yep. So we're really similar in that. I think, like you said, that defense. I think starting off is going to be uh kind of maybe a little cringeworthy, but as the season progresses, these young guys get better, and I think that they they can, you know, make a name for themselves in the playoffs and come, come towards the end of the season. So is there anything you wanted to ask, Brennan, Raider-related or what? I w-
0: so, I mean, uh, I'm sure Aaron predicts that the Chiefs will drop at least one game to the Raiders, even though they they put like, what was it, 96 points on us last year, something like that, combined <laughs> in two games. Um, but if you could pick any team, well, this would be our last question. I know you're, you're a busy, busy guy. But uh, if there was one team in the AFC West that you think could contend for the division title... I'm not saying it has to be the Raiders, but which one would you say you kind of gotta keep your eye on, you think, this year that, that and I'll tell you who I picked later, but uh and it wasn't the Raiders.
1: I go Chargers just because I think they have the best quarterback out of the out of the rest of the bunch. Uh, we'll see what Russell Wilson looks like coming into a new system in Denver. It's going to be fun, man. I I'm sitting back watching and and just going to really enjoy each of these teams beating up <laughs> on each other every given Sunday. I got love for Raider Nation. One of my good friends from college actually covers the Raiders. His name is Tashawn Reed. He's, oh, it's He's uh, a lot He's a for the writer Athletic. Writer out there. Yeah. So we're always talking uh, Raiders, Chiefs, and whenever he's up here, or I'm down there. We're always talking about the two teams, and I mean, it's it's gotten closer, man. I I, I don't want to say that th- these games just are not blowouts by anyway. The Chiefs have their work cut out for them. I mean, they almost lost the two seed to to Denver on the road. I think that was Week 18 last year. You, you thank Nick Bolton and Melvin Ingram for turning that game around for Big the time. way it was looking. But uh, these division games, you split one, you, they can go one either way. I I don't think Kansas City cakewalks to the afc title game i think maybe uh specific to my chargers pick maybe they don't go for it on every single fourth
0: down <laughs> this i would year. think yeah i might want to rethink that strategy if i was maybe them, they
1: learn you know like madden right like sometimes you go for it right. sometimes Not you find every time yeah. but as far as their additions this offseason jc jackson actually just wrote on arrowhead pride what what player i would take from each afc west team and add to the Chiefs. Uh, it was just kind of a fun little off-season That's story. a great exercise, yeah. <laughs> I took uh, Devontae Adams from, from Arrowhead West down there just to add to...
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come. Oh. Dude, you're cutting me deep right now. I hate that nickname. I
1: hate it. And I took Joey Bosa uh, from the Chargers, and I think Patrick Sertain the second from, I the, from, from the Broncos. But uh, I, I think as far as what the Chargers have built defensively, I mean, they, they built to catch up with Kansas city and, and they were very close last year. That was one of the most thrilling games of the season last year, chargers and uh chiefs. I think it was Thursday night in LA. That was a, a thriller. So I see those teams as, as, as a lot closer than maybe people uh,
2: see. A hundred percent agree on that. So
0: and That's kind of what we've been going in on the chargers constantly. And I think that adding JC Jackson, Khalil Mack to give Joey Bosa a little bit of relief. Um, and then obviously their offense is their offense. And Justin Herbert is, the kid is a machine, so, uh, yeah, that, I, I'm nervous about our, our week one duel with them in, uh, I guess we'll call it Allegiant West, out there at SoFi Stadium, I don't know, but, yeah, we'll see. You tried it. Yeah. Yeah. You got <laughs> cool to go with get, something, a little clever a yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you saying they weren't blowouts, they absolutely were, those were, I could barely look at Eric, uh, you know, the next day after that one happened. So. Well, are you
1: talking about the logo stomping thing?
0: No, yeah, yeah. it was so... Oh. <laughs>
1: i gotta go back and listen to the episode after that because that was uh oh uh, it was at arrowhead for that game i didn't catch the actual act in question
0: Such a but uh it was not you're right it was it was not very well thought on i always say that right i I believe eric texted me in the middle he's like you know this is a bad idea right terrible yeah this is a really terrible and it and it and it fell that way and trayvon mullen the cornerback who organized that whole thing was out in the first two minutes with an injury that i think took him out for the rest of the year i'm like so you're gonna do that, and then you're not gonna be around karma. for the stomping. That's that's appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, bud. Well, uh, we are gonna wrap this up, Aaron. It was an absolute Great. pleasure to Great have talking, you on. Um, you're welcome back anytime. Um, Eric will fix his audio issues. He's got to get your internet, I think, because he's out there. He's <laughs> out there be, in Missouri a, too. So
2: Kansas City is a metropolitan area. I'm, I'm out where it's I, internet just decides to cut out when it's not ideal. So I apologize for that, peoples.
1: Hey, appreciate y'all rocking with me. I'm at Aaron AaronLadZero on all socials if y'all want to talk Chiefs, if you want to talk hip-hop. I'm listening to the new Drake album. Uh, we talk about awesome. everything.
0: And, uh, and he's on Arrowhead Pride. And you got a podcast on there? Yeah, I got uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast on Arrowhead Pride. Where we post every Tuesday. And
1: then also, you can find me on KSHB here locally. We also have an app online if y'all want to watch outside. We're always talking Chiefs. And only a month away, players, uh, players and vets report on uh, July 22nd. So it's... It's rapidly approaching. Enjoy
2: enjoy your break there right now. Get get, get some, have some fun.